Now, I know some people are going to be expecting me to open a canned beverage today. And I would like you to know that due to Simi's ineptitude, that cherished moment has been lost, scattered into the dust of history, never to be recovered. To be fair, you could have saved that soundbite. Yeah, I could have, I suppose, but here we are. Here we are. You got delete happy. <laughs> Who doesn't get delete are. happy from time to time and then regret it instantly? <laughs> I know I've never gotten that way. No. I... <laughs> the mere accusation is laughable. I can't believe you've brought such a thing up. <laughs> you bring me dishonor, sir. <sighs> I will I will go ahead and own my shame. Yeah. I hit record. It didn't start. I didn't double check. We got into things. Oh, we probably better, honestly, that we <laughs> had yeah, to start over. That's fair. No. <laughs> we, but we yeah, could probably no, say that was, about every episode, couldn't we? Yeah, there was like a whole <laughs> ecological theme going on. Oh yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. So, well, we can re- we can reiterate that. Please reduce, reuse, recycle. I mean, that, yes. that bears repetition for sure. Definitely, there was stuff about erosion. Yeah, there was stuff about you know the wind in the sea. The ultimately, the... after all of us, and how yeah, like trust us, Mulan, it was good stuff. Mulan was wrong. Yeah, hashtag Mulan was wrong. Just... Yeah, let's get that trending. Yeah, well, don't <laughs> worry about it. Mulan. <laughs> we'll get back to it later. Don't worry. Just just trend it, and then we'll explain what it means later. Hashtag science, not Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> the school system should be teaching more Mulan. Less of this science malarkey. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so there we're we going to go. do It's a Verbs Random Verb of the Week. Okay. I said okay. last time yeah. that we should probably have a jingle. King Monkey did. It was beautiful, but again, lost because eh, that one's on me because I deleted it, but whatever. You don't remember it? You can't do it again? Oh, yeah, because it was super simple and moronic. It's right. A, it was just you, yeah, just, yeah. you just read it again. Was it. <laughs> it's a Verbs Random Verb of the Week. <sighs> <laughs> Some nonsense Bling. like that, yeah. Just yeah. like, and we, oh yeah, that's right. We discussed that it's a verb is in fact a cartoon from the fifties. Yes, uh, a cartoon ad from the fifties. He is a, bow, a silent bow tie. Word. That's why we always give the verb white gloves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was hilarious, guys. Just trust was, us. It, it was, was hilarious. Amazing. It was oh man, you should have been there. It was great. You know, I'm kind of regretting the fact that we didn't come up with this idea for a bit. To just <laughs> yeah. pretend that we did this. Yeah. I'm sad this is the actual thing that happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we're so ridiculous that people are going to believe we're making it up. Or that you don't think they would believe that we're genuinely idiots who messed up the recording and, and deleting what they had? I think that's I, equally believable. I do believable. think that's believable, but I think people are going to believe that we are just that ridiculous. Because we've, we, I mean, yeah. let's be fair, we've done, <laughs> we've done worse. Which idiot, which kind of idiot, you know, in the comments below... Why don't you identify which kind of idiot you think we are? Yeah, yeah. Click here to leave a comment. Click here. <laughs> in the chat. Right now in the chat, type down what kind of idiot you think we are. <laughs> Send me a 10-word telegraph yeah. at this address. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. I know. Oh, I think That's I'm... how telegraphs work, right? <laughs> you just sort of, in your basement, go... 
<laughs> that's it. I'm I'm no historian, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It seems right to me. Right. So let's get to It's a Verb's Random Verb of the Week random for the first time verb this of the time. Week. <laughs> right on. Yes, every time I say it, that's got to play in the background now. <laughs> so it's time for It's a Verb's Random Verb random of the Week. Random Verb of the Week. <laughs> God, we could do that for way too long. Way too long. No one will enjoy it except for you and me. Really? Uh, but again, who are we doing this for except not except for us, right? And, and it's a verb. Well, I mean, he, he pays us to do it, but ultimately we're doing it for us. Pays us in cartoon money. Yo, that's right. It has his animated that face funny money, side, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> oh! hey oh! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Hey. We also discussed that you could play Shadowrun in tune uh, if you're dealing with D6 systems, and it would probably be more fun. Anyway. Oh, we discussed that last episode as well. You just rehashed it because we talked about how yeah. the tune rule book is as long almost exactly as the Shadowrun Quick Run book. The Quick Star Guy, yeah. Hey, Which was how about you funny. Generate, Again, generate, it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it was, man, I'm telling you. Just generate the thing. I, let's move on. We don't want to yep. torment the people with the hilarity that they missed out on. <laughs> it's hilarity. <laughs> it's a verb's random verb of the week is... Random verb of the week. Trick. 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 Simmy tricked me into thinking we were recording when we weren't. Wait, now I'm going to double check. Am I recording? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now's the time. <laughs> oh, boy. We're good. We're good. <laughs> for the third time. Yeah. We, hey, everybody. I have apologies to make for the yeah. third time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. We just finished recording a full one-hour podcast, yeah. and now we're doing it again. <laughs> Mulan, Twitter, Verb. Please recycle. Hashtags, tune, shadow run. Okay, here you go. Your word is. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Trick. That there was we go. We... Random verb of the week. Bling. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even going to make an actual one this time around. <laughs> so just I'll, just, I'll save it for next time. And then I'll have an official one after this. It's just going to be us today. Oh, wow. What a treat, huh? The acapella version? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're getting unplugged. Uh, wait, unplugged. wait, let me unplug. No! Yeah. Don't start <laughs> recording, you fool! Oh, so we've been covering oh my RPG systems. <laughs> Were we really the right people to do this podcast? Like, do you ever stop and wonder? I know it was our idea, but do you really think that we are the right people Listen. to pull this off? Let me tell you. Let me tell you the secret here. It's thoughts that will ruin you. You just have to keep moving forward. Fair enough. I'm doing all right for the most part, and I haven't thought. As too soon much, as you so start moving, good. if you stop, you die. Oh, oh my! So you have okay. to keep moving at all times. Keep fidgeting, right? Is that why cartoons are always doing that little bouncy thing in the old style cartoons? Like it's a verb. Oh yeah. You know they're always oh, kind of yeah. like just wobbling up and down. <laughs> Otherwise, they die like a shark. It's a verb's like a cartoon shark. If he stops moving, he dies. It's a verb is always in motion. <laughs> but we've been covering RPG <laughs> systems we even doing? <laughs> under under the banner, under the idea of sort of talking about dice systems. Yeah. And and really, it's all just been a cover for us to go off on random tangents and cover whatever. Random tangents or rangents, as we call them. So today's smokescreen yeah. is. Since we've covered D20, D10, and D6, you might expect D4. D2. Or D-fudge. Or mm -hmm. an, anything awesome. else. Cards. And 
what I'm going to say is no. <laughs> no, dummy. Why would you even ex- why would you even think that? You're I don't just understand yourself. What pattern you thought was taking us there? Because the first one was a 10 number jump. And then it was a two number jump. So what pattern are you seeing that I'm Do not? You not like, did you not deal with this sort of systems in math? Come on. <sighs> Come on. Very disappointing. So we're just covering random stuff today. I mean, I think this is basically the we've given up episode. Oh, just now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we, We've given up on actually having a theme. No. I kind of thought we're... we reached that point a little while ago, but this is news to me. <laughs> Fantastic. No, no, no. I, I meant on a theme for the podcast, not in general. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So yeah. I, all yeah, right. Yeah. I'll put my shirt back on then. But basically, I wanted to quickly cover some general talk about the Serenity, the system they use in Serenity. I think it might be called the Cortex system. Okay. That's a part me, of the oops. brain. Let me go. I think it's in here somewhere. somewhere. Okay. Keep on rolling back. You know you're gonna find it. Rolling back. Maybe you just gotta rewind it. I, I I've seen cortex system thrown okay. around a few times. I don't know if that's right. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. It uses a system that uses dice, mm. and what I like about it is your dice start at certain levels, and then you use your points, your ability points, to buy higher levels of dice. So you could start with like a D four in something, okay. but say you want to be better at it, and you could buy up to like a D eight. Okay. Okay, I get the idea, yeah. And and it uses the similar system to what, what Shadowrun was doing, where you have an attribute score and you have a skill score. And those together would give you your dice pool. Whereas in this one, you, you have an attribute dice and you have a skill dice. Well, okay. I said dice, didn't I? I meant die. die. No, dice? Die? Dice. Die. Dice? Dice. You know, are you familiar with the term semantic satiation? Where if you repeat a word enough times, it ceases to be a word and just becomes a sound. Oh, dice, yeah, and it starts dice, to sound weird dice, to you. Dice, dice, dice. Yeah, I don't know why I was. I said dice because of the dice pool earlier. It's die. Yeah, sure. It's definitely a die. And then your your skills can have specialties, and you can have assets that give you bonuses. Okay. And I really like that idea that you're kind of assembling your own pool. Assembling an adventure. No. What? No. Is that? No. Are we at the next? I'm going to. Okay. I have to splice in just a little bit of the music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you had me going no, there. Not yet. I don't know where my dice are, Simmy. You can't bring this on me. <laughs> you're, you're assembling a dice pool. Okay. Not anything else yet. Okay. To, to accomplish a task. And so you kind of know your chance at success based on the die you have. The die you're rolling. Okay. Which is, is, is a neat idea, and I know it's not the only system to do it, but I, I think it's a really cool thing. And it it also has the uh, that thing that you liked about World of Darkness, which is kind of incremental building up your character. Yeah. Because you, you basically don't have levels that I saw. Okay. But as you, your leveling up comes from when you have, you have points, advancement points. Yeah. And so you can spend them to either upgrade a die on a skill, upgrade an attribute, or buy a new asset. I like that. I like that kind of system. I like where you it's very customizable. The old Marvel role-playing game system had the same thing. Yeah, I like being able to buy into whatever specific aspect you want in order to to bump up your character. 
I like that. And unlike something in like Mutants and Masterminds where you're getting a very tiny amount of points if you go up to a next higher ep- level, okay. so you really can't do a ton with it, like your change in die actually represents a wider scope to your abilities. So okay. it makes perfect sense in, in the kayfabe of the game right, that, right. oh, I've spent time working on my strength. That's why I bought another die size and strength. So I went from a D8 to a D10. That means under the right circumstances, I can really pump out what, you know, the, the, the muscle stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I think it's real cool. The, the one little issue that they mitigate a little bit, but there is a, this is something that System Master brings up a lot. There's a traits and flaws system or what they call assets and complications. As long as you take complications, you get extra points to spend and then you can spend them on more assets. So it it's one of those things where I understand why they do it, but maybe those should just be role-playing things instead of, hey, if you if you get these, you'll get more points to spend on other things. Isn't that cool? Why wouldn't you ever do this and take the things that hurt you the least? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true of any system where you need to find a way to balance the mechanic and the storytelling or the role-playing aspect of it, you know? Yeah, I think more and more I've come down on the side of don't have like a merits and flaws or a boons and banes or an assets and complications system. If something is going to mechanically benefit you, mm-hmm. it just it's it's bought like the other things or it's part of the other system and complications can be things that are just that you have them. If if you want a mechanical penalty, then just throw it on your character. You're not going to get extra toys for, oh, you're a flawed character. Because everyone should be flawed in some way. No one's perfect. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're choosing a complication, then choose a complication. If it's given to you, then maybe there should be some kind of balancing factor. But if you're choosing it, I don't think I don't think you really should get anything for it. Well, that's kind of like in World of Darkness with the flaws and merits. Like when you're yes. when you're going through character creation, you you have a certain number of dots, and then you have a certain number of freebie points that you can spend at various points during your sheet to ramp up mm-hmm. different aspects. You can choose to take flaws for additional freebie points. Yes, and when I built a when I built a vampire for Capera's mm-hmm. game, I was like, I need a couple more points. Oh, cool! I'll just get some flaws. Yeah, and it, that that's how I thought of it as. And yeah, I tried to put them in there. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this makes sense because of this, and this makes sense. But I was, I wanted the points, so I was finding a way to make it work. Yeah. And I feel like that's not a good way to do it. I can make it work down the line, but at some points you're going to say, well, the points are more important to me. But at some point you're looking at, you're looking at it as a cost-benefit analysis instead of a character. You can be, for sure, for sure. Although I would say, with the caveat that the World of Darkness system has a fair has a fair description, like it gives you a good storytelling element to those individual flaws. Oh yes, and a lot of times these complications, these these penalties, tend to have some kind of accompanying flavor text. But yeah, no, I, I see. What at you least mean. when people are mechanically building, they they look at it like, okay, well, I'm never going to get into range, so I'll take a I'll take one that penalizes my ranged attacks because it'll never affect me. Yeah. Oh, but it works out because the reason I don't go into ranged attack anymore is because before I started playing, I was a gun person, but now I've given that up, and that's why I beat people to death super perfectly with my club now. And it's like, oh, but shouldn't you? Shouldn't your character reflect that they used to be good at guns? If that's like your the, reasoning, you'd still have a high gun skill. You're just not using. Yeah. It. Maybe it's de- maybe it's deteriorated a bit, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't be gone. 
So yeah, it's just okay. it's one of the things, the gripes that I I can run into with those kind of systems. They do yeah mitigate that a little bit by saying you can only ever have a maximum of five of each. So there is a limit. But a, it, and yeah, yeah, that's good because uh, yeah, I, they have that in World of Darkness too. You're right because if you don't limit it, then someone can take all the non-critical flaws that will never come into play in your average gaming in order to max out their 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 the benefits that they get from it. Yeah, and I mean, here here's some of the here's some of the complications. Allergy, yeah, amorous. You, you just pick up an allergy to something that you're not going to come across. Boom, done. Move on. Chip on the shoulder. Okay. <laughs> That's sorry, chip on your shoulder is kind of every role-playing character to begin with. They're all everyone's a naughty edge lord. Get off my Dull lawn. sense, dead broke, easy mark, crude. I'm like it's just so like, there's yeah. other ones that are big. There's like an amputee one. There's yeah, there you go. A bleeder one, combat paralysis, blind, deaf. So there are things that are big ones. Do they do they have varying ranges, like various point benefits? Like the allergic isn't going to be the same level as amputee, for example. Uh, the way assets and complications work is they're either major or minor. And they cost different amounts or give you different amounts depending on if they're major or minor. Like allergy, you can have a minor allergy or a major allergy. Whereas amputee is only minor, which can be kind of weird. Huh? I, I, okay. And blind is definitely a major one. I, and so okay. you get different points depending on how much it would penalize you. But again, you could okay. take something like, you know, dull sense. Say, okay, I don't smell very well. Mm-hmm. And filter... Oh, I like to steal things. Oh, and I'm greedy. Oh, there's three minor ones. Okay, and greedy it hasn't really thief again you. is every role playing character. <laughs> You're all greedy thieves. Get off my lawn. So it's just, it's just you look at some of these, and okay. these are just things I would put on a character sheet. I would never expect for most of these. I would not expect any kind of accommodation for taking them. I've some got an allergy. Can see that, yeah. I've chosen that. Yeah, like if I took amputee, then. That's I what... would want my character to have worked out how to work without it, and it should at some point be like, oh man, if I had one more hand, that would really change this one scenario. Yeah, well, the other thing is that that sort of leaves a bit of onus on the storyteller to figure out how much that should factor into the story. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to yeah. say, I'm an amputee, and then continue to do everything fine, well, what if you have to carry something that's too big for one arm? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Part of that can be up to the GM or storyteller or DM to to find a way to make that meaningful. Because mm. you know, players are often, not always, but they're often going to look for a way to gain advantage from whatever uh, character creation aspects they, they, they use, right? Especially in 5e. Heyo! What? Because they use the advantage-disadvantage system. I don't understand. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like again, if I'm going to double back to World of Darkness because that's the one I'm more familiar with, they have right. plenty of flaws and stuff to choose from. So let's say you take a a minor two point flaw like eerie presence, th- that's fine by all means. Take it as a player. The storyteller needs to remember that and find a way to make that important or meaningful in the game to the extent to which it's appropriate. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I don't necessarily want to discourage players from trying to use those flaws to game oh, yeah, the system either. as you will but always rec- always recognize that the gm a canny gm will use that in some and way and i feel like i feel like 
I dislike the systems because of the way they can be played, and I have done it. So I'm not saying people who do that are horrible people. I do it too. Yeah. What sure. I'm my 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 whole point is, if you as a player are going to take it, you as a player own it and really make it part of your character. Don't just use yeah. it as a mechanical benefit. Make it enjoy meaningful. the mechanical benefit. Yeah. But don't abuse it. Right. Right. Make sure that the the it has an impact or ramification. To the degree that it's appropriate. Again, if it's just like a minor one, if you're just taking a minuscule thing like an allergy to whatever, silicon, then that's fine. You know, it doesn't have to be like every post has to reflect, oh, if only I weren't allergic allergic to silicon. But, you know, if you're <laughs> going to take something like Born Without a Head, you know, maybe that's going to be worth <laughs> reflecting on on a number of occasions where people would, might remark, doesn't that guy have, like, his hat, it's on his neck, what's up? You know what I mean? I, I want this character now, born without a head. <laughs> That's an option in Shadowrun, you know that, right? Is it really? No. I don't know, oh, maybe. Probably. It probably, probably. is. <laughs> it's an option in tune, I'm just going to say. So I went and found, actually, the, my, yep. my character for Capera's game, because I was curious. I couldn't remember exactly what I'd taken. Yeah. And I remember I made a Malkavian. Yep. So he's 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 crazy already. Right. And we hadn't gotten super far into the game. I think I'd only made one or two posts before Cap's life got real busy. Mm -hmm. But I had the whole character statted out. And I remember I went for the points, and I'm like, well, one of his things is he thinks vampires are super cool. Mm -hmm. And so he plays, he pretends to be basically an 18-year-old kid, like just finishing his last year of high school. That's his shtick. He goes mm -hmm. to an adult center. Oh. and okay. But he also think, he also is that weird kid at school who really likes vampires and talks about them, knows all the lore and everything. Yeah. And so I, I was like, okay, when I'm picking my flaws here... Well, it makes sense that he believes it so much. He's crazy. So I took lunacy because he also, like, he needs to be playing this thing as a kid. Was his Malkavian crazy? Right. And so his lunacy then is that he actually believes some of these things about vampires are real. So he's vulnerable to silver and repelled oh, by crosses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I worked it out. So it ended up working and built into his character. But I kind of had to reverse engineer that. To a certain extent, that's fine. I, I wouldn't oh, yeah. see a big no. issue with that. It was. It was just. Yeah. It was just. I remember originally going. I want the points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how do I? How do I get the most points with the least effect? And then I had to go back. No. No. Okay. What works for this character? What, what do we got here? Now, again, that sort of falls on the storyteller to be able to to exploit that to the appropriate degree. You know. Right. I think. Yeah. I think my job at picking them and making them thematically appropriate is done now. And so if they come up more, that's on the storyteller, in this case, Cap, yeah. when she gets back to it, or yeah. whoever's GMing. What I what I try and caution against is putting all the onus on the storyteller, yep. you know, yep. because they have so much to do already. Well, also, it's your character. Like, you want right. to make your character enjoyable to play, and part of that is playing the character, and that includes all the aspects of it, good and bad finding a way to make that an entertaining story for yourself, for your fellow players, and for your storyteller. Yeah. Also, clear communication, because we haven't said that in like five minutes. Yeah. So. I don't, did we ever say that last episode? I don't know that we did. I think we did that in the uh, the lost intro to this uh, 
podcast. Yeah. Yes. Whatever. That was the that was yeah. the lost intro to this one. <laughs> yeah. The lost introduction. <laughs> Clear communication, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's we didn't important. say it in the last episode at all. No. Well, that's why we have to double up today. We have to it's double a, up today. It might be the first system or the first episode that we've ever have done where that hasn't come up somewhere. <laughs> wow. Wow. We were obviously off off our game. Oh man. You know, Shadowrun just ruins everything. Shadowrun clear communication is not <laughs> beneficial. It's not critical. It's you know, stop. Don't eat the the more muddied your communication in Shadowrun, probably the more accurate to the The more setting, authentic your you know? experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did we've talked about it before. I did want to just briefly mention again the Genesis system that's used in like the newest version of Star Wars. Okay. And it, it's its own system and it's used in a couple other things, I think. And it's a really neat narrative system that uses various dice, your skill and your attribute. Again, determine your dice pool, and specialties give you certain dice, and then the challenge you're up against are dice that are added in that are either complication dice or just challenge die. And so then you're rolling all of that. You can look at it once you understand how it all works, and you see, okay, these are successes, these are actually advantages, and this is a complication. And so once you kind of, okay, these two cancel out, these cancel out, I'm left with a success and a complication. So okay. you can, it's really cool that you can look at it and say, okay, I've succeeded, but something went wrong along the way. Or I failed, but I came out of it with something more. Because you can fail with advantage. And okay. some of those are mechanical in that you get stress back or you can be narrative in that okay well this is how that works and i've seen and heard it that once you get practiced at it you just glance at the dice you can then quickly narrate how things play out and i love that idea i've never tried it and i want to at some point but it sounds awesome that means that the players are given a certain degree of agency over the plot then like if you are the player and you roll and you've failed with, uh, you've succeeded with with uh, uh, complication. Does that mean y- you, as the player, can decide? I managed to hit the target with my smart gun, but then the smart gun sensor glitched, and it no longer recognizes my fingerprints. Like, are you given that kind of agency, or is it still up to the storyteller? I think it kind of splits the difference there. I don't know how it's supposed to work. I've heard it played on the Glass Cannon podcast. But I haven't actually delved into the system myself. Okay. The way they do it there is the GM, the DM, the storyteller will throw out an idea, or the player will throw out an idea, and they'll kind of come to an understanding. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to work, or if the GM is supposed to be able to just look at it and know. What I do like, though, is that you always know how challenging a thing is, and you can see like it's all out in the open there's i i know if i succeeded i know if i failed it's just the way it plays out ultimately maybe yeah. up to the dm okay. but i like i i think that's something i might do if i played a genesis game where it's yeah do you have an idea how that plays out or oh i have a clearly idea for good idea for your complication let me know what you think about this in general i like the idea of of encouraging player agency and that sort of thing cuz it also builds investment and it makes the players more connected to the game itself Mm -hmm. which also helps fight player attrition too if you're dealing with online stuff like rpgx i feel like the genesis system would be a pretty great one for the site i don't know 
if the dice can work on the site because we use fudge or numbered dice. I but fudge. I, and I don't know if I, there may be a Genesis setup dice, but it would be something interesting. If there's enough people interested, you could add it in there, I assume, pretty easily. Well, what Maybe kind not. Of, I don't know. What kind of dice are they? Are they like they are? I think they're they're six and eight sided dice, okay. but they're they have various things on. Them. Some of them are blank sided. Yeah, like icons, some of them have right? success. Yeah, they have. Yeah, as opposed to and, numeric. And so okay. y- you could assign numbers, but then you have to reference that. And yeah. since you're rolling different sizes, and you have challenge dice in there as well, I, okay. I don't know. It might be it might be too much for the site. It might be something we just need to get show there's an interest in. I feel like it'd be a it's almost a perfect system for play by post. Since yeah. the characters can determine say, what exactly here's the how I succeeded. Are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. Almost just need like an index to roll against each time or something. Yeah, no, yeah. You right. would say if you want to do this, it's this. It's this number of challenge dice. If you want to do this, it's this number of challenge dice. Don't forget you have you're suffering from a complication on your next whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just it seems like a very cool, streamlined, and mechanically driven system that doesn't hurt your narrative at all. Okay. Well, I may- like I like the we'll balance to, there. Maybe we'll have to see if we can find a playtester group to to try it out. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe. May, I, I'm sure someone's it. playing it already. I, I'd like to yeah, follow that's see true. If that's already happening, and, and try them. it out, stalk them. Yeah, we're see what doing. You. Then steal their ideas and claim them as your own, as, as we do. Yeah, but there are also just so many microsystems. I, I think I've talked about yeah. all out of Bubblegum, where you have a D6. It's all you roll. No, no, D10. Okay. And you start with eight pieces of quote-unquote bubblegum, which are just anything. And if you want to do something normal, you roll under the amount of bubblegum you have. If you want to do something awesome, you roll over the amount of bubblegum you have. Mm -hmm. If you fail, you lose a piece. Or you can always spend a piece of bubblegum to automatically succeed at an awesome thing. You know... Or a normal thing. One of the two. Yeah, well... you're talking about like these small independent sort of role playing games, the ones that don't mm-hmm. have a huge following. It makes me think of back in the day when I used to buy Dragon magazines and they'd have these little like bottom of the page ads or they'd have a page full of you know multiple ads. So you'd have mm-hmm. not like the big one page ad you'd have for a TSR game because right. they could afford that, you know, or Faza would have their their one full page ad, but then you'd have little things like Psy world you know like what is that right. and they'd have these tiny little things uh, and it's like it was easy to lose track of the fact that there were so many role-playing game systems out there and well, yeah. most people were playing you know two or three games at that time and and all out of bubblegum is mm-hmm. is a apparently was a wildly popular one it was always just made for free it was one page and it just said, you know, you're making it up as you go. I've heard very weird games of it. And it's what I used last year, the what, year before. What's the setting I, or premise of the game? It There is no setting. You make oh. it up as you go. Okay. Like, I, I ran it for my family. My mom, I always thought my mom would be into role-playing games if she could get over her fear of not being good enough. Okay. So I, I set the scenario up as we're going to play family game night as the scenario. But here's what we have to do. We have to first, we have to have dinner, then we have to clean up, then we have to set up the game. And so I was like, these are the three tasks we have to accomplish. Mom, you determine who goes where and does what, and then you tell me what you're doing, and then everyone else had to go do their things. Weirdly, 
a power washer was used in by everybody at some point. Okay. <laughs> it's it was the weirdest thing that this this power washer became super important. But by the end, she loved it and didn't have any experience beforehand. And it was a lot of fun. I was it, it's super easy to run. So like we were saying with yeah. Tune, where it's just very simple. It yeah, pick it you up. Just and pick you it up and it. go. You can do the same thing with paranoia if you have someone running it who already knows what they're doing. Okay. Because you generate the stats for the person next to you. Or no, you generate your stats and then the person next to you No, no, I remember now. Sorry, it's I, I've only listened to it played. I wanna get your, it and I wanna play. This is your third try, okay? This I, is your third attempt. And if you fail, then the whole podcast self destructs. When you pick something you're good at, the person next to you becomes bad at it or takes a penalty to it. Okay. And so you kind of go around, you're like, okay, well I'm and so you can either work kind of cooperatively to say, okay, well he's been building towards this kind of thing. I don't want to screw them over, so I'm going to take this instead of this. Or okay. you could kind of play competitively and say, okay, well, they're building towards a firearms build. I'm going to take, you know, agility as the thing I'm good at, so they have to take it as something they're bad at. Okay. And it's it's a neat idea to play with, especially because the entire premise is the storyteller is friend computer. And friend computer is a computer who is unquestionable, but Behind the scenes, the premise is it's not infallible. It just ha- it's been programmed to think it is. So things fail, and it's always your fault. And the whole setting's against you. And you have a certain number of lives, clones that you okay. will go through. And it's it's a fun setting. It makes me think of if Big Brother were Hal Nine Thousand, but also Holly from Red Dwarf. <laughs> I was gonna go a little more Glados. Okay, well from Portal. You kids with your newfangled video games. I remember playing Vanguard on the Atari. No one plays Vanguard anymore. Zaxxon? Yeah, I send out out my letters to invite people over for my Atari party. Nobody shows up. Actually, you say that, but you know with hipsters nowadays, if someone sent you a a postcard that said Atari party, you'd be like, Yes! I'm there. Yeah, especially especially now that the threat of the pandemic is over. Completely done with. <laughs> My gosh, when you recorded this in the distant past, it was still somehow an issue. But now, in the present, by gosh, we got done. that problem licked and we're ready to move on. And there's another system called Dre- uh, Dread? Mm-hmm. Dread? I think it's Dread. Dread with a question mark? It sounded like you implied a question mark at the end. Now I'm questioning myself. Uh-oh. I think it's called Dread. Okay. And it's a narrative kind of horror story game. But instead of dice, you use a Jenga tower. Okay. And anytime you want to do anything, you pull a block. That would be much harder to replicate on RPGX, I think. <laughs> that would be almost impossible. But well, I say that. Yeah. Some Someone could figure it out. Someone could figure it out. You know what? I bet you there's an online... Jenga game that you can play with friends, invite them to your game. I bet you there is. Or a die table, a dice table with an increasing or increasing level of difficulty. You know what? We'll get Zether to to figure out the the math yeah. on that one. Yeah, yeah. I, Zether, you are now on the hook to to do math for us. Yeah. Oh I don't yeah. Know if you like is... math or good at it, whatever. You're 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 now contractually obligated because it's now the official site statement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, failure to do so will have ramifications for games in the future. So, mm-hmm. you know, please, please, 
take this seriously because this is a serious affair. And don't think you can just drop out of games and get out of it. Mm-mm. You will be found. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll find you. We'll find yeah, you. We gon' find you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I heard, an, I heard another Discord server. <laughs> now that threatening of crime is done, let's move on. <laughs> I actually heard in another server that the person that was on the news that that song was turned into a song of, they own a real estate business now. You know the song I'm talking about, right? No. Home Intruder. Oh, yeah, we yeah. gon' find you. Okay, and now they own a real estate. And now they, yeah. Didn't they have? A, the whole... Didn't the guy have a TV show for a while, or like a, a pilot or something that was filmed, and then? I I don't know. That's interesting. The internet's weird, man. The internet is weird. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know that I entirely trust it either. But the 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 last thing I wanted to kind of briefly touch on, yeah. And I don't know how deep we'll get into any of this, Just but there is it briefly, a thing, but not deeply. We're good. Moving on. <laughs> There is a thing called the 200-word RPG Challenge. Okay. And other than this year, which they're not doing it this year because everyone's kind of busy doing other stuff, Mm -hmm. the idea was that people submit a a new RPG under 200 words. In 200 words, text only, you describe what the game is, how to play it, and how things are resolved. Okay. And, And if you're like me, when you first hear that, you're like, there's no way that's possible. It is. And people do some pretty crazy stuff. I've heard about ones where you write your, like everyone's a superhero, but you write your abilities on a piece of paper and draw, or no, you just write the names on a piece of paper. And then when you want to use that ability, you tear a piece off. And if it's enough, if it covers the challenge that the storyteller writes, then it's enough to accomplish it. If it doesn't, then you can either try and tear something else off or you fail. Interesting. And okay. and so your powers run out when you can't see the word at all anymore, or when you run out of paper. Hmm. Interesting. I, yeah. It sounds like a. It sounds like it would be very easy to game that one by taking just teeniest little bits on off the paper, but. Well, but the person who's running will, will say, okay, well, you have to save the cheerleader and might write it big in the corner of their paper, and you have mm. to tear off a piece that'll cover that. Okay. So it it was it's a neat idea. Yeah, yeah. There's another one where you it's another one where you write I don't remember the setting of it. I can't remember it at all. Other than you write things and then whenever you use that you have to cross out a letter. And as the word changes, you have to use it as that new word. So you might write, you know, existentialism and then you use part of it to accomplish a task and you might have existence existalism instead. Okay. And like okay, now I have how does that how is that new? And so it's another weird thing. <laughs> okay. That'd be, yeah, that's a, it's a pretty creative mechanic. That'd be yeah. interesting to see. And, and these are, everyone that has submitted to this is free at all times. They're all submitted to be used under the Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, which right. is what some of our music is used as. Okay. And it's just a way for people to, to try their hand at a low stakes, super constrained, make it fit in these words and they have their own word counter and all that. So you can keep it and it's all text. So no images get in it as well because mm-hmm. their whole concept is anyone can make an RPG. Anything can be an RPG. You just have to kind of define its limits. So let me ask you, have you ever created your own RPG or try? My to? intention was to do it last year for this challenge. Okay. And I didn't get to it. I, I feel like, I was waiting for the date to be announced, 
and the next time I checked, it was over. <laughs> I was very oh, sad no. <laughs> because I have a great idea okay. and I'm looking forward to doing it at some point. I am, as I talked about here intermittently, working mm-hmm. on my own full RPG. Okay. At some point, it's going to be done. And I've got pieces in the works here and there. I've even talked about some of it here and there. Okay. Might even do a, a progress check-in at some point. Let me turn that back on you. Have you ever made your own RPG, King Monkey? Yes, I have. Awesome. My friend and I did one back in high school. And it, w- it was terrible. You know. It was clearly it was clearly at least of Shadowrun quality, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to put down Shadowrun <laughs> so badly, but no, I, I think it's fair to say that my system lacked the complexity that would have made it capable of doing anything. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, when you have two 15-year-olds doing a game system, you're not going to get uh, quite the same thing that you will with a full game company. Yeah, no, we created our own role-playing system. Uh, it was set in, it had a unique world. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Maybe mm-hmm. not unique nowadays in that there are infinite worlds uh, in role-playing <laughs> games, but... Uh, we had our own setting. We had our own system, the own theme. It was kind of like a futuristic sports, like a laser ball kind of thing. Yeah, but it was like set in a. You're sort of these roving teams of of athletes in a post apocalypse, where there are also high tech future cities that are moving around, and you or you've got mutants in the area, but the whole. The main gist of it is that you're playing this laser ball type sports, ultra violent game. So we had very poor mechanics for combat, laughable mechanics for the for the actual playing of the sport. Uh, But we had a great time with it. It just Hmm. wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I I I think encouraging that kind of thing is exactly the goal of the 200 word RPG challenge. It's it's to. Strip off all the idea, because a lot of people will think, you know, oh, well, you know, sure, I think these things could be done better, but I'm not good enough to do that. Yeah. And so th- Maybe you there are. are literally, I think the, I think in 2019, there were over 800 submissions okay. just in one year. So you can get PDFs that have every submission for each year, and they go back to 2015, Okay, and they'll continue at some point, obviously. I really hope so because I want to win one year. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you'll win one of these years. I, I thought it might be fun to to look at maybe one or two of these mm-hmm. and just look at some of the different ways they do things. So sure. one of the ones I pulled up is last year's winner, one of last year's winner, and it's called Pasture Bedtime. It's for two players, and they even used four of their words to write "dedicated to my daughter," which I thought was just great. You have a very limited space. And you take some of the words to dedicate it to someone who probably won't even see it. It's probably just a game they play. Yeah. And the whole idea is the parent is essentially your storyteller or GM. And the child has attributes. So you're taking on one of those two roles. Okay. And the attributes you spend your points between are pragmatism, imagination, adventure, and safety. You have two other attributes called sleepy and awake, but they start at zero. Okay. The parent starts telling a story, whatever it is. And if the at any point the child can interject, move one point into Sleepy, and take over the story for a bit. It has to match whatever attribute they pick to you. They pull the point from. Okay. 
Okay. So, you know, if, if they're telling the story about, okay, the knight is going to save the princess, child's like, oh, 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 and so does he get all his greatest armor, and he goes around and he finds a good sword, and they moved a point from pragmatism. Okay. But if they say, oh, he, 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 he doesn't, he's not a knight that uses armor, he's a knight who uses magic as his armor, and might be moving it from ad- imagination. Things okay. like that. He's not a knight who uses magic, he's a knight with a basketball. <laughs> he's one of the knights. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, t- the child takes the story for a short time. Mm-hmm. The child may change it in any way, including changing any established facts, and the parent just has to roll with it. If the story gets too scary, exciting, mm-hmm. or boring, awake increases by one and sleep goes down by one. It almost reminds me of the Once Upon a Time card game, where everyone's sort of working together to tell a story. And you can spend one card, use one card every turn, and that card will include a character or an event or a setting. Um, oh, yeah. I played something like that. But if anyone puts something that is too radically uh, different from the story that's gone before, like if it deviates too much, then other players can sort of call them on it and then they get to move. Mm. Uh, it loosely, loosely reminds me of that sort of collaborative storytelling game. Yeah. And and they the, the game ends when either awake reaches four mm-hmm. because the child is too rambunctious for bedtime or when sleepy <laughs> is six because the child falls asleep yeah no uh, that there's also the reverse thing and i i don't know you don't have kids but if you've ever heard of the, the child being too tired to sleep oh yeah no no i have 10 younger siblings <laughs> oh so I yeah know exactly you what you're talking about yeah. it's like, <laughs> I, take you need to go to sleep i know i'm way too tired <laughs> I'm I'm also a man child myself. I know what that's like. <laughs> Fair enough. <Yeah. laughs> I'm mature enough to recognize that I get way too hyper at nappy time. But but I essentially just read the entire RPG that that person created. That's nice. that's that's the game. Honestly, I do recommend that anyone who has an idea for a role playing game give it a try. Maybe oh, yeah. it's not going to work, but honestly, give it a try. You may be surprised oh, yeah. with what you come up with, or you may be able to adapt it into something later on. At the very least, you may end up appreciating uh, published role-playing systems a bit more for recognizing the amount of effort and work that goes into them. Give it a try. Well, and you also might start realizing that you may have come up with an idea on your own, but mm-hmm. someone else has already done it. So then you can yeah. go look at that and say, okay, I like that, but I don't want to use exactly that. Here's how I might change that. So then you, yeah. you're kind of jump-starting your own process and learning about new stuff. When I first was telling people about the system I'm building, they're like, oh, that sounds a bit like Cypher. So I looked okay. it up. I'm like, oh, oh, that's really cool. They're, the way they use the stats where you actually are spending your stats down and you have edges that allow you to not spend as much. to, So you you're kind of always see how much you can spend on things yeah. and you have things that mitigate some of the costs. It's it's a really cool idea, and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd thought of that before I saw this. Now I don't <laughs> want to steal that. Now how can I do something like that that fits the theme I'm going for? And that's how I came up with my roll and keep idea and my my initiative system, because my initiative system is spending your initiative to do actions, but you only have a certain number of beats. So you got to kind of you have a you have you may have a ton of stuff to spend, but you only have a certain amount of time you can spend it in. So you got to figure out how do I best use all of this. Hmm. Interesting. Like the idea. Like the idea. Once you publish it, of course, you'll you'll send me a free copy of your of your game book, right? Yes. Right. 
Yes, yeah, I will please. send you a free copy just after you send me a gift for the the that happens to be the same price as how much it costs. You know, you know that I'm gonna, you know that I'm gonna send you like forty five dollars worth of spaghetti, right? Like just dried pasta. <laughs> Hey, as long as I can get a I mean, full you return can, on investment. Yeah, I mean, fine. you can use that forty. <laughs> you're going to use forty-five packages of, of of spaghetti at some point, really. You know, no, that's actually. You know, screw the, screw you. I'm keeping my spaghetti. <laughs> you can't take my spaghetti from can't me. Can't take my Canadian spaghetti. You don't even know. All right, I make a really good spaghetti sauce. I need the spaghetti. You you know what? This conversation is dumb. <laughs> so one of the other ones I pulled up is yeah. called Mechanical Oryx. And I grabbed this one, I am pretty sure, because I recognize the name, and it also had dice in it. I tried to grab ones that mostly had numbers in them, because I like mechanics. And a yeah. lot of these kind of tend towards more narrative. But I wanted something that shows, yes, you can also do mechanical driven stuff. Yeah. There's there's one called Bleep It's Dracula and the bleep starts with an F. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard That's that one played cuz I, I think bleep no bleep starts with a B. Must be something <laughs> else. Something else, yeah. Okay. But it's 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 interesting and the whole thing is you're rolling a d6 to generate parts of the adventure, but right. eventually you might roll up Dracula and so he gets injected into your game in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird cuz this was a this was a story about formula race cars and how there's Dracula oh, yeah. and the the okay. I heard it on the one shot RPG they did it on there and they had this desert planet where they were going out looking for water and someone rolled Dracula like okay well um a <laughs> kind of like what we did they're like a a pod from space lands and a mist flows out when you open it <laughs> hmm. I was okay. like that's interesting yeah you just kind of Put it all in there. Good job. <laughs> Dune, but the Fremen are also vampires. Eventually, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. No, I like that. So this one, Mechanical Oryx, was the 2017 win- one of the 2017 winners. I think they have okay. three winners. Wait, looks like they have three winners each year. <laughs> yeah. were, you, were you having a difficulty counting to three? No, I just had to go switch to the page. Okay, all right. Because I've only got one pulled up at a time, but I can go over to the other page and see. Oh yeah, three, 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 all right. three, three. All right, I trust your mechanic, your mathematical aptitude. Then <laughs> that's is counting considered math. <laughs> one plus one plus one. Yeah, just plus oneing. It's called plus oneing in the biz. <laughs> oh, okay, plus oneing. Yeah, I was I, plus oneing until I got to. I three. can plus one an awful lot. I don't want to brag or nothing, <laughs> I, but uh, I can plus one to this many. <laughs> <laughs> Works great in an audio format. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you this and I many. see it as our pre-established. Yeah, the 4K super ultra 3D high definition yeah. VR full immersion. <laughs> yeah, we got like yeah, this. Got all the pieces. We got this like shadow run cyber set going on right now we are we are basically one piece of hardware away from virtually being in the same room literally virtually being in the same room. literally virtually yeah it's (laughs) like we've we actually created our own individual like our own tiny little matrix so Uh i mean that that's really why we're so hard on Shadowrun. it it runs too close to stuff that we came up with for real and they do it wrong yeah (laughs) no for exactly i mean to boot, like Simi, you you access the matrix through your through your advanced cyber gear, and I I phase into it through magic. So it's like, come on, Shadowrun, <laughs> come up with a unique idea. We've done all of this. Come on, man. 
Yeah, it makes sense that the old curmudgeon would use magic while the well, young hipster uses cyber gear. That's it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how these computers work. This is some kind of sorcery. You're an old curmudgeon chicken hawk salesman. Yes. Chicken hawk salesman <laughs> with cyber cuckoo vein. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm it, just saying. Shadow sometimes Run I in, wonder. Shadowrun in tune would choice. be hilarious. Shadowrun in tune be hilarious. What if you're a rigger, but you are also a rooster who's a chef? <laughs> I, I'm sure they're like, oh, you could totally make that in there. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> in but fact, the, actually, yeah. I, now that I think about it, there's a podcast called Neo Scum, and I'm pretty sure one of the guys is a chef of some sort. Okay. Well, or I thought I thought the truck driver might have also been a chef. Oh no, and he was a chicken dude in an Elseworlds thing. Okay, never mind. Okay. Never mind. I'm mixing things up. My Fair bad. Enough. Fair enough. So mechanical oryx. Yeah. It opens with you have many whirring eyes and strong, beautiful coiled steel legs and were made long ago when the city still stood. I Which like it. I mean that is that is evocative. That is one. Yeah. That's the first sentence of that. Yeah, no, that's that's really. Um, it uh, it makes me think of the uh, the old fifties sci fi radio plays. Like if you've ever visited relicradio.com, and they have they have these uh, radio plays that would air on like from the fifties up to the eighties in some uh, cases from all around the world, and they have these really really cool stories and that one reminds me the what what you just read actually reminds me of a number of those old style radio plays sci-fi radio plays so i'm instantly on board for sure <laughs> and the the neat little piece of it here is when you stay in one place you you're always radiating something whether it be like a, an aura for plants to grow mm-hmm. light music warmth power knowledge rust or something else and the longer you stay in one place, the more intense that spreads and that gets. And okay. the first mechanical thing you choose, other than like what you spread, is you have three installed modules. It just says, tell us what they do. So, like, no guidance. Just, what do they do? Okay, yeah. Which is, I mean, again, it's super interesting. And does it describe some kind of uh, mathematical value to it or a quantity to it? There are, there are roles coming up. Okay. One of the next piece of flavor, you walk the green places where soft brown people tend to fruit trees and sing songs they don't understand. They okay. pray, dispel the curse on our village, destroy the phantoms that plague us, teach us the song that makes the fruit grow. When you act and the outcome is in doubt, roll 2d6 and spend fuel. Okay. If you get seven or more, you achieve your aim. If you roll a double, your solution causes an unexpected problem with something and something is lost forever. Hmm. And then you have other conditional modifiers. When you act with love, roll 1d4 plus 1d6. When you act with hate, roll 3d6. Which is interesting that you actually get more out of acting with hate than you do out of with love. Well, sure, because the path to the dark side is an easy one. Come on, we all know that. (laughs) You have 10 fuel. When you have none, you stop. Okay. When you use a module, here you go, replace 1d6 with a d8. If it shows 8, the module breaks. It sounds. It honestly it sounds a lot like the old nineteen fifties sci-fi. It really does. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Happy people build shrines for you, containing fuel and modules. Without the shrines, you will become a dangerous, scavenging thief, a phantom, and that's the whole RPG. 
And there is so much in there. It's quite, yeah, that's quite nice. I like that. You know, I wonder if you roll 2d6 and spend fuel, and when you additionally act with love, you roll 1d4 plus 1d6. Because that seems like a lot of dice. But it also seems weird that acting with love would actually make you roll worse than acting with indifference. I mean, if you're going to get into, like, psychology or whatever, being indifferent is an easier state for human beings. Oh, but it these aren't humans. Eff- it takes more effort to be empathic, right? So True. Um, the game is just sort of resembling that aspect of human nature. I also, I also love this ending bit. Mm-hmm. Happy people build shrines that contain fuel and modules. So if you you could create a hub of people that are happy with you, right, and endlessly have new modules, you to... become a machine god. But you could also become a murder hobo. And go from place to place, stealing fuel from other shrines, yeah, taking new modules, maybe attacking others. There is, I really, this is exactly what I remembered too. This this is one of the ones I remember hearing about. And I, you could build a whole crazy world from this. Just this. Yeah, yeah. Depending on your your aims as a, as a, as a player and as a character. Maybe you're trying to guide these people into an age where they can uh, evolve beyond their nature and cast out into the stars or maybe you want to keep people safe in their homes and not have to worry about anything but they become complacent yeah no there's a lot of there's a lot of storytelling options there yeah so so those are just two of them i put three originally i think we'll just do a two because that those two are pretty great examples yeah you get some pretty some pretty interesting ideas and sort of non-standard uh story types like it's not uh going to slay the princess to save the dragon like half of D&D, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not Shadowrun's, uh, you have to go do the job, but the people who hired you are actually going to betray you. because. And you definitely start, yeah. you definitely are not human when you start. Now maybe that's part of your story. Maybe eventually you become part human. Maybe sure. you shed your metal flesh. You actually are not even humanoid, I guess. You have many worrying eyes and steel springy legs. I assumed so you, you would be an oryx, like a like a springbok, like a antelope type thing. But uh, maybe I took that a bit too literally. <laughs> Just mechanical gazelles, robo gazelles. Where would their many whirring eyes be? Yeah, most oryxes don't have whirring eyes. From I mean, <sighs> I'm no zoologist, but because because I never I didn't ever actually think about that word. And now I'm looking at an oryx, and I'm like trying to, trying to put those two things together the way they described what you are, mm-hmm. with the name, and I'm like, that would be horrifying. <laughs> Why would anyone let you near them? <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough the way it is right now. I wouldn't want it near me. Yeah. But if it also was covered in whirring eyes and and had springy metal legs, no, get away from me, you freak of nature and. Or nurture or whatever. Freak of nurture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that what a isn't that what a rogue robot would be called? A freak of nurture. I guess so. I, I just I like the term. Uh, uh, tm 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 tm. Oh yeah yeah. There you go. <laughs> I definitely am the first person to ever say that. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Well done. Well, is there anything else you want to cover under the idea of other dice systems? The thin 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 blanket of other dice systems. Um, keeping in mind that other dice systems can also include non-dice games, there are plenty of games that do not use dice. 
uh, and, yep, and they're horrible. Systems. We're never going to talk about them. Yeah, uh, those would be obviously <laughs> a bit harder to do on uh, RPGX. Like if your game is rock paper scissors based, it's going to be a bit harder to pull off without mm-hmm. dice. If your um, game requires you to do a certain number of push-ups to accomplish a task, or a deck of cards, that's a very of some kind. that's a very faith-based system, and I don't mm-hmm. know that you want to run that on play by post. Well, yeah, I know you just have to upload the videos of you doing them. <laughs> but I mean, what I guess all I'm saying is there are plenty of games that are non-dice systems as well. And well, and and Zether will be the first one to tell you that he no. prefers freeform, completely freeform, no, no mechanics run, at all. I've run freeform games. It's basically oh, yeah. just storytelling. It's uh, interactive storytelling where one person kind of has a bit more say in what happens with the story. I played a sci-fi one with a Thero that lasted for a little while. Uh, hmm. It's lots of fun. You just have to, as a storyteller, be willing to give up a little bit more control than your average DM, for example. Yeah, I think that's why I don't ever feel comfortable with it. Yeah, you don't want to relinquish any of the control. I need all the power! Give it no, to it's me. it's actually more, I, I as we've discovered, mm-hmm. I hyper-suffer from paralysis of choice. The more yeah. options there are for me, the harder it is for me to choose how to move. But when I have something either restricting me or saying, okay, use this, then even if I use it completely different than what's written, sort of like when we rolled last time, yeah. where it says your protagonist is the aunt of the secondary antagonist. I'm like, well, no, not the secondary antagonist. Makes sense to do this. Yeah. By giving me that guideline and saying I have to use this somehow, I was able to do something more creative than if you said, "How do, what happens next? What's the next weird thing that happens? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but, but the thing is, if you're doing a freeform game entirely, the the guideline that you have is that you have to continue the path of what's already been written. Uh, so it's not necessarily a mechanical thing. But um, there should be, uh, like, if you've written it well enough, there should be a logical next step or a logical next steps to choose from. See, and that also is the other reason it doesn't work for me is because yeah. I like not doing what's expected. So when I see, oh, this is obviously the next step, I'm like, how do I do something else? How do I do anything else? As long as it's not disruptive, that could still be fine. Well, again, who are you talking to? <laughs> I presumed I, I was talking to myself, but it turns out there's another person on the other side of this I, internet. I need rules. I need mechanics. I need structure. Otherwise, everything goes <laughs> crazy. Give me the dice. Give me the dice. Oh, yeah. That's the good Someone stuff. roll something quick. <laughs> Actually, I can't even I just say need that. a D20 to get me through the weekend. <laughs> just, just roll. For what? I don't know. I just need to hear it. Yeah, just roll. <laughs> just roll. Roll the dice. Oh, no, actually, yeah. last night I actually had right. four and a half hours of game with just nice. two players because I lost a I lost mm-hmm. another one. And <laughs> did you check behind the fridge? <laughs> well, okay, I didn't yeah. lose that one. I, okay. I gave him an ultimatum, which I hate doing, but he pushed me to it. Fair. Enough. And he chose to leave. Did we talk about problematic players yet? I think we did. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. Because I I talked about him. Yeah. Fair enough. Moving on. As as nice as I could. Yeah. <laughs> but it was four and on. a half hours, essentially, of just yeah. role play. And it was, they, they both said it was some of the best fun they've had. Nice. And they're enjoying the way the world's unfolding. And I'm like, yeah, we barely rolled. I, I The one guy that I would have had roll, his bonus is such that he's going to make it unless someone is keen to what he's doing. And he hasn't done anything to do that yet. 
Right, right. Okay. So it was more like it was more like you don't need to roll or roll to see how detailed your information is. And I think I did it like three or four times total. For the most part, it was no rolling at all. Well, I mean, it's like freeform roleplay is kind of like conversation. Like if you and I are talking and then suddenly someone just starts going on about chickens when we're talking about role-playing games, that's what I'm talking about. Like the game, the, the conversation that you've had up to that point has a certain kind of structure or theme that lends itself to um, informing what comes next. You know what I mean? I then, agree. Yeah. But you're also going to insist that you're, you are the jerk who's going to suddenly start talking about chickens at a party when everyone's talking about Nintendo games. I mean, I definitely don't do that. Of course not. But the <laughs> no, joke, not me. <laughs> the the joke there that you probably didn't miss, you probably didn't get because you have noise reduction or something on your thing. Oh. Is I I rolled a die and then said I agree, so I was pretending that the die uh, determined how I answered. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. hear that. Or yeah, somehow you miss two. things when I do it, but I hear everything you do, which is weird. <gasps> everything. Everything. Well, that's all the time we have for today. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's time for Adventure Assemble! Hey there, let's assemble an adventure. It's gonna be lots of fun. Swinging in a can. Going to the trees. What does it all mean? You say swinging in a can? I think so. That was that was. But weird. it was free form. You see? Yeah. And I didn't. Wait. I didn't need to uh, stay consistent to what had gone before. So that's what. That's you. Yeah. That's what you're like. Yeah. De- <laughs> definitely something you've been worried about before today. Staying oh, consistent. <laughs> staying consistent. Maintaining a level of professionalism and decorum that our yep. listeners would be able to respect and appreciate. That is that is definitely part of our core that's, values here that's, that's our at RPGX brand. Radio. That's our brand. People listen to us for specifically those things. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> they do. They definitely. Do. Mm-hmm. All right, so I just hey. realized I, for- I wasn't recording, so let's start at the beginning. <laughs> oh, come to RPGX Radio. <laughs> dice, not dice, whatever. These role-playing games, you can find some. Random, some random verb. Yeah. Edric the Bard. <laughs> tune. Shadowrun. It's all about tune from now on. From here on out, everything's tune. You could do Star yeah. Wars in tune. The communication podcast is over. It's time for the tune podcast. That's it. You could play Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder in tune. There's nothing your system can do that tune cannot also do. Be mechanically complicated. hey Got him! <laughs> Hey, let's roll some dice, shall we? Yes, yes, because we we left our heroes, such as they are, hmm. Miro, not Miro, wow, well, that's a that's Whoa. a throwback. Wow. <laughs> Edric and Kotri. Kotri, Kotri the dwarf. We left them, they had been given a task by an elf from the city, a lady Kundia. named Kundia. 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 She sought people to name. slay the beast... Of Shadowy Moor, right? Which we determined is a mimic town, it's a town of mutated humanoids that have all developed the ability to change into something. Came together, made a town that looks like a town, so they kind of blend in. Mm-hmm. And 
our people are seeking out a bandit crew led by Jurin, the Handatar, mm-hmm. and his his band, his motley band of Scorpitars, right. and his, unbeknownst to him, White Knight aunt, who is there to protect him, but serves as a double agent, maintaining her cover as a government agent while donning the White Knight armor to protect him. Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward. I, I Yeah. I, how can you not understand what's going yeah. on? This is clear. Basic, basic story stuff. I think the first role where we're going <laughs> is to determine <laughs> whether you the can circumstances get the whole, yeah. under which we find and meet up with the bandit crew. Do we start on a good foot? Do we start with a misunderstanding? Do we start with a combat and things go poorly from there? How would you roll the first there? d20? How would you roll the first die? How would I roll it with my hand? How about it? No, I said, how about I don't care the method that you roll <laughs> your dice. I'm, I'm going to put kind it in my mouth. I'm filthy dice up. rolling techniques you I'm use. I'm going to headbutt it into my monitor and have it bounce back and hit my desk. <laughs> okay. Full on Dragon Ball Z style. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I need five minutes to charge up, though. <laughs> A lot of yelling. <laughs> if you roll over 9,000, if you roll over 9,000, I will know you're cheating. Go ahead. Roll. Let's see what you get. Let's see what you get to see how Edric and Kotri meet up with Jurin and the Scorpitars. Which Scorpitar would be a pretty cool metal band name, though, eh? <laughs> Scorpitar. Jurin and the Scorpitars. <laughs> I think they did our, our first ever personally improv adventure assemble music. <laughs> assemble the adventure. <laughs> oh man, I am just imagining all of them but Jurin wearing like the Spider-Man villain scorpion suits. <laughs> oh no, and that's he's much got, worse. Like, that's much worse. And he's got like a skirt that looks like a hand. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, I like that. I like that. <laughs> this is great. I love this. See, I just picture them as like upper body of a human, lower body of a scorpion, but wearing like these sleeveless black t-shirts and spiked collars, mohawks, and having an electric guitar strapped to the back. Ripped jeans that ripped, somehow go over jeans all of their... jeans and jeans and jeans and jeans. <laughs> yeah. It's one pair of jeans custom with, made with for their scorpion body. <laughs> Except for Jurin, of course, has five, yeah. five-legged jeans. <laughs> would your knees even tear? He would, like, wear, he would wear a kilt. Yeah, that's probably easier. To, to let some of his fingers show. Hmm? <laughs> Dangerously close to PG-14 there, sir. <laughs> oh, showing a little knuckle there, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> oh, we are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to roll. Riding I'm going to roll. Riding the line, sir. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right, what do you got? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You sure you don't want to roll? No, we have to ad- we have to adhere. We have a code. We have an ethical code here. Yep, we definitely have. <sighs> we have that. That. That's what we have. What do you get? I rolled a four. Ooh, failure, but not total. So, Ed- what does that look like? Edric and Kotri riding on their desert snails out to <laughs> the shadowy moors. Desert snails. Desert snails. <laughs> Okay, keep going. They ended up riding across Jurin's uh, area, Jurin's territory, 
and they've fallen into a trap. Oh no! Yeah, because they found them, but they 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 fell victim to them. They fell victim to the, so they were caught in a snare. And when Jurin and the Scorpitars appear, they are they're badly dehydrated from their time in the desert and exposure oh. to the toxic elements. So they're it's a, it's a marsh. It's a poison marsh. They've not a met desert. them, but they're badly weakened. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so at that point, they have to convince them to help against the town, right? Yes. yes. All right. So, so I think what I think here is I think the elf. Whoop, it's fine. Oh no! It's all I good. didn't call for a roll yet, so it's okay. <sighs> I think Kundia actually told them, pretended at least, to be like, "Look, I'm helping you out by telling you about these bandits who might help you." But don't mention me because they were thrown out. I'm on their side. I throw them help whenever I can, but they can't know it and it can't get out. So I think this role will dictate in their panic at, oh, he's the people that we need to get on our side. Also panic at, oh my gosh, these people are horrifying monsters. Look at those genes. They're acid washed <laughs> genes. Yeah, yeah, what kind a poison of marsh. monster? <laughs> It's a poison marsh. It's constantly acid. Everything's washed. acid washed in the in the poison marsh. <laughs> Would you say they have like leather vests? Just must leather be, vests must be hard to maintain a like a work, guitar in working condition and, and <laughs> if it's constantly surrounded by caustic swamps, you know. Um. So they're they're, Edric they're afraid. Knows that pain. They're falling into a trap, and so they're starting at disadvantage. So I think the impulse there is to say, "Please don't. We were sent to we were sent to help you," and. They have to remember not to give this away and convince them. So I think in this case, success at a cost but or failure, but not total, will include dropping that name somehow, which could ha- carry consequences. Okay. So And if they fail completely, they have to go to this town on their own, which actually could work out better, but they don't know that. And so success will be convincing them getting out of this all great. Okay. So shall I roll to determine... Yes. Whether we can actually convince Jurin and the Scorpitars <laughs> to wage war on the, the city, the village, and the Misty Moor, yep. the Shadowy Moor, got to kill the beast of the Shadowy Moor. Five. Oh no! <clears throat> oh. Failure, but not total. Yeah, I think I think the way this happens is like in their panic. They they do say wait 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 we were sent we were sent to find you don't worry no no it's okay and they drop the name Gundia and that's when the White Knight steps forward and says no I know Kundia she her 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 intentions are vile and treacherous be gone from our sight and trouble us no more but it but it's not a total failure so we have convinced them. That they need to at least investigate the, the town on the shadowy right. moor. That's what I'm thinking. This white knight throws them throws Edric and Kotri out, but is convinced that there is an issue and just doesn't want them around. Worries, especially since the name was dropped. So what I'm thinking is going to happen is they're going to show up while we're at the town. Because we're just going to go. Like We wanted to get them as help, but yeah. we still have to try and do this. We still have to go there. Yeah. So okay. I, I think I think our role. Well, I guess you determine what our role is actually determining here, because I'm rolling this time. I guess. So Edric and Kozri have reached the town on the shadowy moor 
Oh, and it looks like, like a ghost town. I guess we need to roll to figure out if we can de- determine the true nature of the town. That, maybe that can be part of it. You can make that okay. part of it. I think this roll determines our encounter with the town and how that plays out yeah. and whether we get help before we're killed. Because I, I feel like this town is too much for us. We don't realize. We think it's just one beast. Well, it's not definitely realizing... too much for Edric. We've, we've, oh, yeah. Yeah. The only way he survives anything is through luck and just... <laughs> Rolling a natural 20 after a natural one. <laughs> yeah, just a, just pulling it out. Just pulling it out of nowhere. <laughs> I was sent here by management. You're doing a great job. I'm leaving now. <laughs> so, yeah, to, to, to determine the the success or failure of the interaction with the town, to determine what we've what we've learned about the town. Okay. And whether we survive our encounter with the town. So that's that's what you're rolling for? You tell me. You're the narrator at this point. Is that what you want me to roll for? That's what we're rolling for. Okay. I shall roll. Please roll something better than a five or a four. It's it's better. Great. It's a six. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> figured that was going to be what next. We have literally rolled sequentially at this point. Oh, boy. Oh, Edric and Kotri ride into the town and begin investigating the, the the seemingly abandoned homes, completely oblivious to the true nature, until the point where they accidentally step on the tongue of one tiny hovel, and it decides to it decides to bite them out of self defense. Now the failure, but not total, indicated that Jurin and the people would at least come along. Yes, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. They failed to d- successfully determine the nature of the town in, in time to save themselves from harm, but not total in that Joran and the people arrive just in time to see Edric and Kotri being chewed by blacksmith's hut or something mm-hmm. like that. Yes, I I think behind the scenes what happened was his aunt and him had a conference and she said, look... I think this might be a real threat. We should definitely look into it. Those people are probably going to die if we don't help them. But we got to be careful because Kundia is horrible. And she's definitely trying to trick us into something. Yes, definitely. So she's she's wanting wariness. But when Jurin, who's not a bad guy, he just, he's been made out to be a criminal by the yeah. town. He He sees people being eaten by a house or a tavern. And he orders his men to slaughter it, to to save them. And the this easiest way to do that is to kill the thing that's eating yeah. them. Will they and find it? Will they will they realize there's more to it in time? Well, what I think, I what know. I think, since it's a failure but not total, is like Edric and Kotri managed to live, mm-hmm. but at the cost of this thing's life. And when it dies, it reverts back to its human form, Ooh, which. Well, Which causes Jurin to no! break down, to have, some might say, an emotional breakdown. <gasps> an emotional breakdown which prompts his aunt to reveal her true identity to him. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And because she realizes what's happened, you know, you guys have all been mutated, this thing has been mutated, and and some of the other buildings are moving towards at that point, and like... They see the emotional opera, so they realize something's different here, because like their only their only defense is camouflage, and so they were either going to have to kill these people or pretend not to notice that their friend just died. Yeah, there's a conversation. They learn that oh my gosh, these people are 
just like us on both sides they learn this mm. and Juran learns his aunt is been protecting him Edric and Kotri would then learn that Kundia is not to be trusted if in fact Madame White Knight is to be believed and we know that she's an elf so we know that she's bound to be a certain degree of untrustworthy at this point yes and i think i think our final role is the the understanding that is that is is reached is that the town is to be protected the bandits are going to help in that and they're going to slowly work together gather other outsiders this will be a protected place so that's and what, that's what we're we are taking for the last role well, we're going to take the tooth and still pretend that we're going to follow up. But we're actually taking one of the Scorpitars offers a stinger in place of the tooth. They're kind of in that weird way things work out. They're kind of yeah. similar. <laughs> wow. Plot convenience. Yeah. Isn't that weird how that works out? Ideal. That's good. I'm not <laughs> Especially because if we just took a human tooth back, there's no way Kundia would believe us is kind of our understanding of it. Yeah, it's like the it's like the old saying though, don't look a gift scorpion in the stinger. That's right. right. That's right. And those grow back anyway or something or whatever, you know. Fairly science. sure. <laughs> Fairly sure. <laughs> like like arms, and you cut one off it grows back over time. Yeah, two of them I think, like a hydra, right? <laughs> you got to be careful you don't get too many arms. You got to sand one down. And so I think our final role is to present this as a tooth. And that nothing else happened to Kundia. Yes, we have to we have to sell the story that they're not working together because clearly Kundia tried to set these two groups against each other using us. Right. So we gotta we gotta sell that we're not on to her. Otherwise, she might have come down on us. That's oh no, nine. that's a nine. Okay, but man, we we did not roll above ten once. No, this has not been a great. Uh, turnout tonight so it's a failure mm-hmm. kundia does not believe she does not believe that this is she knows a, she knows a scorpion stinger a giant mutant scorpion stinger when she sees one she's no fool she's been around giant mutant scorpions before somehow i think the not total bit though is that she she's ends not... up believing that we we were attacked or we attacked the scorpitars and tried to sell that off as the tooth of the beast and so she so we managed to we we managed to hide the fact that these groups are working together i think that's the Mm -hmm. not total part but we we don't but we haven't we've definitely not convinced her that the yeah that the village has been taken care of right we 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 more convince her that we're incompetent which i mean fair i mean yeah (laughs) That didn't really require a role, I think. <laughs> so, so we did something good, but at the cost of our reputation. And ultimately, Kotri's reputation doesn't matter because I'll just be someone different next time. Edric's <laughs> reputation is everything. There is nothing. There is no currency more valuable to him than his reputation. So this, but ultimately, this is Edric damaging is onto, to him. Edric is on to the bigger story, which is... Yelds. Elves are up to something. Yeah. They're they up are, to something. They have machinations within machinations everywhere. And the damage to his ego, the damage to his pride is going to convince him or urge him to look deeper into what the elves are doing. Nothing motivates him more than telling him he's not good at something. He's going to have to try and salvage his own, if not reputation, then at least his own self-competence. 
I mean, he already can't ever show his face to his wife again if she thinks he's incompetent and lost his ring. Oh, no. There's no way. Yeah, no, no, no. He's got to either find the ring or find out what the elves are. He either has to find his missing ring or uncover a global conspiracy. Just what yep. any married person would have to do if they lose their ring. Those are the yep, only yep. two acceptable outcomes. Yep. And and probably finding the, the ring would be the easier option, but that's not the one Edric would take willingly. Well, no, because it fell in some lava. And that sounds you know painful. So this <laughs> seems like it's not as immediately life-threatening. Yeah, so definitely we'll, not. So we'll go with that one. We'll go with that one. <laughs> So that's all for this adventure. Edric will not be returning next week, probably. Maybe. Who no, knows? I, I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna try a different I think we're gonna try a different approach. Which I don't know if it was in this podcast or the, the lost intro to the pre to this one. So maybe I think it was I think it was in the last episode. But if you okay. want me to cut it out, I can. I don't care. Because uh, yeah, we'll I, see if I, I will have forgotten, so it'll be new <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. People are like, "Wait, I thought we were going to do this." And you're like, "Oh, huh. I don't, I don't." That was know. two months ago. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm excited <laughs> to find out what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, we done. We done. You may leave. The big red button. Yes, I'm clicking the big red button.